we're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Welcome everybody to Redemption Church. We are gathered here in person in the lovely city of Plano, Texas. My name is Chris Fluitt and I'm happy, I'm happy to welcome everybody here in the room and everybody online. Happy Arbor Day. Is that, is that what it is? Arbor Day? What, what is it? Anybody help? Happy Groundhog's Day? We're in trouble if we don't know it, right, guys? It is Happy Mother's Day. Today is a special day. Today is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers joining us in the room and online. We love each and every one of you. Let's hear it for the moms. Can you join me? Clapping our hands. Thanking the Lord for our mom. Hey, he thinks his mom's worth standing for. Anybody else? (laughs) There we go. Praise the Lord. Thank you, God, for our moms. There we go. It is very biblical to honor your mother and your father. In fact, it is one of the Ten Commandments. So we can read about it in, in the Old Testament, in the, the first five books of the Bible. We can read it there. But also we can read about it in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul points this out about this very important commandment in Ephesians chapter 6, 2 through 3. He says, honor your father and mother. He quotes that straight from the Old Testament. And then he gives some commentary on it, which is the first commandment with a promise. So that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. To honor your mother and father is the first commandment that is accompanied with a promise. I'm telling you, you are better off if you will honor your mother and father. Young people, you listen to me. You are better off if you will honor your mother and your father. Honoring your parents will bring blessing into your life. Anybody want blessing into your life? Now, Mother's Day and Father's Day can be wonderful days where you remember who brought you into the world, who cared for you, and uh, who was with you and protected you when you were most vulnerable, and who raised you, who instilled those values of life inside of your heart that are still guiding you today. It can absolutely be that wonderful of a day yet not everyone has great memories of their birth parents some people struggle with this day i would not be surprised if there's some people that should be in the room today but they look down on the calendar they saw that it was mother's day and they decided maybe i'll just check this one out online i wouldn't be surprised if that were true because some people really struggle with this day. And guys, we love you. We're not here to act like every mother who ever existed is wonderful. Right? We're not there to do that. We're not here to do that. Some may remember an abusive parent, a destructive parent, perhaps a parent who abandoned them. There are people that were abandoned by their own mother and they never actually met them. That's really tough. 
If this is you today, I want to encourage you to pray and find a way to honor the person that brought you into the world. Why? The Bible tells you to. Honor your mother and father. Find a way to honor the person that brought you into the world. At the very least, you had a mother who gave you birth. She carried you within her and gave birth to you. At the very least, you ought to be able to honor your mother for that gift. Is that okay today? Is that all right? I am not saying, here's what I'm not saying, (laughs) that you act like they are representative of the perfect mom. They are the next Donna Reed. No. Donna Reed, anybody? I grew up on Nick at Night, so I know who Donna Reed is. Oh, yeah. Cool. Feel that in the church? Well, Donna Reed. I am not saying that they're perfect. What I am saying is God commands us to find a way to give on. Give honor to our mothers and our fathers. Let's pray for a second. Bow your head. Father, I pray for everyone today that we would honor your word, that we would pray together and honor our mother and our father. Oh Lord, I pray for those that are struggling. I pray for those that have maybe uh, some hurt in their past. Maybe they even have unforgiveness issues right now. Lord, I pray, Lord, that they would find a way to move past all those things and to honor your command honoring their mother and their father today. Lord, teach us how to do it in your name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everyone said in Jesus' name. Please turn with me in Scripture to Jeremiah chapter 2. Jeremiah chapter 2. In preparing this message, there were just two Scriptures I just couldn't get away from. You ever try to get away from Scripture and you couldn't? Anybody? Well, as a pastor, yeah, it happens. But as somebody studying the Bible, have you ever, you just open up the Bible and there's that scripture. You turn on the radio, somebody's quoting that scripture. You go somewhere, they've got that scripture posted up somewhere. You go and the next sermons you hear are, did somebody mention, have you ever had trouble getting away from a scripture? I want to tell you this week, I've had so much trouble getting away from this scripture. So I just allowed this scripture to catch me. And I want the scripture to speak to you today. You want it to speak to you. I, I wanted to do another thing, but God wanted me to do this thing. Uh, I wanted to give you a nice fluffy pillow sermon about the care of a mother. Wouldn't that have been sweet? That's not what's going to happen. That's not what's going to happen today. It's true about the care of the mother. Come back next year. We'll, we'll talk about it. I do believe that there is a time and place for that, but also feel, I feel particularly alarmed in my heart at our world, and I feel led to tell you that we really don't need one more fluffy sermon anytime soon. I think that, that we, need to, we need some sound the alarm type messages. I believe that. I believe we need some light of fire and be resolute, and don't you dare give up kind of sermons. And as I prepared this message, I could not get away from these strong words from the Lord in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 12 
and 13. Is anybody there? Say amen. All right. Is anybody going to read it on the screen behind me? Say amen. All right. That should have been everyone. All right. Jeremiah 1, 12. Be appalled at this, you heavens, and shudder with great horror, declares the Lord. My people have committed two sins. Everybody said two. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Today, I want to entitle this message, Forsaken Fountains and Broken Cisterns. There are two sins that will cause heaven. Everybody said heaven. Everyone do that little echo thing I do. Heaven, 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 heaven. This is a big deal, y'all, right? This is heaven we're talking about. There are two sins that cause heaven to be appalled. And heaven to shudder with horror. Did we read that? That is quite a thing right there. Doesn't that get your attention? Can you imagine heaven shuddering with horror? Can you imagine heaven going, what? And shuddering with almost like a horror movie type, you know, the horror movie where it jumps out. It's like, ah, and everybody goes, whoa. Once I showed a scary movie to Alex. And there was a moment in that movie where this alien jumps into an elevator. And all of us are watching this and we know it's about to happen. It's really scary. But this is the first time he had seen that blessed movie, Aliens. And that thing jumps into that. That xenomorph just jumps right in that elevator. And I kid you not, that kid shuddered with so much horror and he made the weirdest sound I've ever heard in my life. He goes, he made a turkey noise. He made a turkey noise during Aliens. I'm telling you, as weird as that is, this weird thing happens in heaven when these two sins occur. I think we should pay attention to this. What a picture. This paints. So what are the two sins? Oh, I think we ought to pay pretty close attention to what these two sins are. Number one, forsaking God, the spring, the fountain, the well of living water. Number one is forsaking who? God. And then it describes him as the fountain, the spring, the well of living water. And number two, the second sin is this, digging Your own broken cistern. What's number two? Say it out loud. I want you to get it in your head. Number two is digging your own broken cisterns. We likely understand what a well is, right? A well is a water source straight from the earth's water source. Under the ground, there are actually rivers. Underwater rivers. And this is some of the most clean natural water you can ever find. A well is able to draw water straight from this source. It doesn't have to be sucked up in a pipe, go through a cleaning unit where they, where they clean it at a, at, a, at a facility and then pipe it through your pipe and you turn on the faucet and receive it. No, it, is, it needs none of that stuff. It is being drawn straight from the source of water under the ground. 
It says that God is the spring of what kind of water? Living water. How many know that God is the source of all life? His water's like no other water. But somebody might say that if you drink of his water, you will never thirst again. Jesus said that, didn't he? To the Samaritan woman. I believe it's in John 4. Isaiah 12 prophesies of Jesus that he is this spring. He is this fountain. This he is Jesus Christ, this well. It says, Isaiah 12 and 3, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. That is speaking of Messiah. That is speaking of our Lord Jesus Christ. That he is this well of living water. He is the well of salvation. Jeremiah 2 and 13 says that one of these two sins that causes heaven to shudder in heaven, causes heaven to shudder in horror, is this, that we would reject God, the living water. That we would reject Jesus Christ, the well of salvation. That we would reject that living water that you drink of it and you never thirst again. What an awful, terrible sin that is. I'm telling you, it makes heaven shudder. Does it make the church shudder anymore? Does it make you tremble within your heart when your loved one rejects the love of Jesus Christ? Does it make you fall on your face and pray when the world around you is rejecting God, the spring, the fountain, the well of living water? Jesus tells us in Luke 15 and 7 that heaven rejoices over one sinner sinner who does what? Repents. All of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. Heaven comes alive. Heaven celebrates. Heaven makes us look way too boring. You thought we were celebrating here today. And I was giving my best. I'm telling you, you haven't seen celebrating like heaven when one person repents of their sins. Hallelujah. Heaven comes alive when one person gets a hold of the well of living water. So heaven comes alive when somebody gets a hold of the source of all life. When they get a hold of God Almighty. When they draw from the well of salvation that is Jesus Christ, heaven goes berserk. You haven't seen a party like heaven can throw a party. You haven't seen a rave like heaven can rave. When one person repents. And here, Jeremiah 2, we have a scripture that says, Heaven shudders when a person rejects, forsakes, walks away from, and willingly disobeys God, the living water. Do you see that? My goodness. Lord, do not want. To forsake you. God, I want to embrace you. I want to exalt the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And I want to drink 
of that living water. God, I want to draw from that well of salvation today. You are the living water. You are my source. And God, I will not forsake you as my source. My God, before we leave today, I hope everybody's saying that to the Lord. The second sin that causes heaven to shudder in horror is digging their own cisterns. It says it. Be appalled at this, you heavens, and shudder with great horror, declares the Lord. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns. Then it describes the cisterns they build. They are broken cisterns. That cannot hold what? They cannot hold water. We need to understand what a cistern is. We probably all understand what a well is. What is a cistern? A cistern is a receptacle. It's usually man-made. And it is made for the purpose of catching rainwater. Water will fall from the sky. and From the use of gravity, it will kind of land in this spot. And it will then collect... In a receptacle that is called a cistern. The rainwater would collect and the cistern would hold the water. And then people would come and draw from that collect. Somebody say, it doesn't hold water. How many famous millionaire suicides does it take for you to realize materialism is not the source of life that you have been looking for? Riches are a broken cistern. My goodness, I wouldn't mind winning the lottery. I figure the Lord could help me find a winning lottery ticket anytime he wanted. You have not because you ask not. I've asked. But even if I won the largest bankroll lottery. And never had to work again. I'm telling you today that riches are a broken cistern. It is hard to think of anything less certain than the value of a dollar. Than the value in a stock market. The Bitcoin cryptocurrency. That's some crazy stuff right there. And I know a lot of people that are really into that. I'm really sorry to tell you, but... They are now actually naming cryptocurrencies after memes. Doge. Bitcoin. Doge. Doge currency. I I don't even. I can't keep up with it. I am not going to waste my time studying it. I'm probably going to miss out on the riches of meme currency. People who pour themselves into the stock market. Will jump out of the window. At the start of the Great Depression. We've seen it. Why? Because riches are so uncertain. They never hold water. They are a broken cistern. The social comparison trap. Oh. Is that a broken cistern? Taking hours. People do this. People take hours, Robert. To craft the perfect Instagram picture. They will take it from all kinds of angles. They'll go, oh, let me see that. Oh, no, take it in. They'll take, they will, they will pose for hours to take that one perfect Instagram picture. Tria, I'm sorry if I'm stepping on your toes right now. She's Insta famous. Uh, 
And then, of course, you have to you have to complete that perfect picture with an insipid hashtag like hashtag best life now. And then spending the rest of the day hanging on every like and every comment and every retweet, reshare, repost. I'm going to tell you that there is no life in it. You listen to me. There is no life in that. And it is a miserable thing. What is it? It doesn't hold water. Worrying about what others people what other people think will will only lead you to more and more worry. I can't think of a more miserable existence than to worry about what other people think all day long. That's no source of life there. Oh my goodness. I want to tell you addictions are a broken cistern. Pour all your money into a drug. What are you doing next Friday? It's payday. Well, they are going to spend most of it that night at a bar. My goodness. My wife, at one point, worked in a bar. She said, my goodness, the drunker they were, the better tippers they were. Is that true, Sarah? The drunker you are, let me tell you, the the quicker that money flows, the quicker that liquor flows, the quicker the money flows. She, she said she imagined some of those guys woke up in the morning with the hangover and then they looked in their wallet and then who knows what happened to those poor guys. I'm telling you that, that addictions, pouring your money into something, doesn't even have to be money. How about time? Let's get off drugs and, and alcohol for a second. Whatever you are addicted to on time, some people are playing three Four, five, six, seven, eight plus hours of video games a day. They are a missing father and a missing mother. They are a missing spouse. Go ahead and risk your relationship for one more game, for one more hit. I'm telling you, none of this will hold water. It will only leave you empty. It will only leave you wanting more. Somebody say amen if the preacher's preaching today, can you? Politics is a broken cistern. Much of our social justice pursuits are broken cisterns. Politics and the latest social war, it only seems to break us more and more. It only seems to divide us more and more. Nobody ever goes, hey, here's this new issue. And everybody goes, All right, it doesn't happen. It's almost like there's powers behind a curtain somewhere that keep us all stirred up because they can use us because we're that stupid. Almost like the more you watch the news, the sadder and more anxious you are. It is because political debate is a broken cistern. It does not matter how much you pour into this cistern, it will never hold the water. Religious tradition, it's a broken cistern. It might surprise you to hear a pastor say that. But I think you know deep down that I'm telling you the truth. Religious tradition is a broken cistern. The idea that we belong to this group right here, boom, that's us. We are this group. You can tell we're this group because we've even got a name on it. We are blank church. That's us. That's us. 
We have an ism behind our name. That's who we are. The idea that we belong to this group and we will always do things like we've always done in the group. In fact, if you start to do anything different than we've ever done in the past, buddy, you're out of here. We can't have that kind of around here because it's all about what we've always been. That's what we're always going to be. That's what religious tradition is. That's what denominationalism is. The people across the street, well, that's another group. And we can't have anything to do with them. But they love Jesus too. Shush, don't you dare say such a thing. They are obviously wrong. Why are they obviously wrong? Because we are obviously right. Anybody ever been in that? How'd that work for you? That make you happy? Did it make you happy to put other people in hell? Did it? Didn't make me happy. And we... We're obviously right, really, because, by God, we really need to be right. If we're not right, I don't know what we'll do. Well, you'll change, maybe, repent, brother. No, 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 no. It's the church of the sour grapes. It's the church of the judgmental Pharisee. It's the church of the bigger and bigger multi-million dollar building. It's the church of the pat yourself on the back. It's the church of the broken cistern. It is definitely not the church of the living water, Jesus Christ. It's a broken cistern and I don't take kindly to it. I'm about done even being polite about it, Kathy. Human wisdom. Oh, I like wisdom. The Bible likes wisdom. But human wisdom and human might, they're broken cistern. I, I live out a verse six days a week. I live out this verse. It says, bodily exercise profiteth little. I have gone to the LA Fitness six days a week for like the last year, proving that scripture to be true. Human might, trying to become stronger, trying to pour life into this body that is just getting older and flabbier. Don't say I mean you'll hush with that. What's going on? It's a broken cistern. I have seen the healthiest people fall over dead. I have seen the most intelligent people make the dumbest mistakes. I have been around myself long enough to know, long enough to realize that I too am a broken cistern. Can you point at yourself real quick? I am a broken cistern. Somebody say it. I am a broken cistern. Mm, church. Do not come to me for the living water. I am not the source. I am a broken cistern. What gets poured into me today might leak out before the next time you see me. I am a broken cistern. Is it all right? Can we, can we be honest about that today? Oh, I'm a broken cistern. God has poured more into me than I've actually ever kept. My God, it's true. 
miracles have actually poured through me that I've forgotten and I no longer thank him for. There is a sermon that's been preached to me that at the moment I said, my God, that is a word I'll never forget. Now, what was that word again? I don't remember today because I'm a broken cistern and it has fallen through me. People have done the best, wonderful things for me. They've been the most wonderful friends for me, but I've let it seep out and I forget their wonderful friendship. And I have left that wonderful relationship, not as how it should be, but as a broken, barren, dry cistern. I am a broken cistern. The worst thing I can do is to minister to you from my own cistern. It's one of the tricky things about ministry, actually. Because ministers have their comfort zone and they will minister mainly from their comfort zone. But guess what? There's a big problem with that, pastor. You aren't the source. You aren't the source. In fact, you are a broken cistern. And to minister from you, that just doesn't work. God has to minister through you, not from you. Do you understand that difference? God has to minister through me or it makes no difference at all. If I am not getting you in contact with the true source, I am not helping you at all. The worst thing I can do as a husband is to serve my wife from the cistern. Let me, let me honor my wife. And I, I dip into that cistern and there's nothing there. There's sand at the bottom of it. Oh, let me forgive her. Nope. I go to that, I go to that cistern, but it's already dry. It's already the love to you part, to you part, death to us part. Forever I do has seeped out long ago. If I am ministering to my loved ones from my cistern, that's the worst thing I can possibly do. The worst thing I can do as a father is to draw from a broken and dry cistern. Ever wonder why you get so angry so quickly? Ever understand why you child of God who talk about the love of God all the time? Do you ever understand why you have trouble with patience? The Bible says love is patient. And the love that was poured into you, you've let it just seep right out. And you got no love for nobody anytime soon. Ever wonder why you can come straight from church and you can get on 75 and you can let out the most awful language? You want to know why? It's because we are broken cisterns. And when we are drawn from broken cisterns, it's the worst, y'all. It's terrible, y'all. It's a failure, y'all. It won't bring Anything good. Seek the true source. Not the cistern. Can you say those words with me? Seek the true source. Not the cistern. I don't want just any water. They've got smart water now. You've seen this. It's in a bottle. How is it smart water? It says it right on the label. Who are you... Dummy, you're arguing with the label. It's smart water. says so right here. I feel dumber and dumber every time I buy smarter and smarter water. I'm telling you today, I don't want just any water. I want to get living water. And you can only get living water from the source. 
We have been trying to sustain ourselves on polluted puddles. When there is a fountain of living water available to us. It is difficult to go a mother's day without mentioning Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Told you there was one verse I couldn't get away from. I couldn't get away from Hannah. I thought maybe this would be the year I didn't preach on Hannah. Come back next year. See if we can do it. Hannah was broken. She had a problem. She was married, but she was barren. She couldn't have a child. She could not have any children, no matter how she tried. She was never able. She felt empty as a broken cistern. While with her husband to bring sacrifice to the Lord in the city of Shiloh, Hannah stood up from the mill and she sought the living source. First Samuel chapter 1, verse 9. Pay attention to these verses. Once, when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on me, on your servant's misery, and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, Then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. Verse 12. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Everybody say creepy. He's just watching her. He's looking at her mouth. It explains why. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Verse 16, do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. Hannah stood up. It doesn't say anybody went with her. She stood up. She went to the house of the Lord. It says that the high priest Eli was at the doorpost of the Lord's house. No one but a priest, a Levite. Born of the son of Levi. Could have gone past the doorpost. That was the outside of this little temple tent tabernacle. In other words, she went to the doorpost. She went as far as she could go. Have you gone as far as you can go? Ever have you done it? Have you ever gone as far as you can go? In God. Have you ever gone as far as you can go in worship, in obedience to the Lord? Are there still some steps you can draw and go further to get closer to God? If there's still some steps you've taken, then guess what? You have not gone as far 
as you can go. If you're not willing to take those steps, you might forsake the fountain and instead decide to build your own cistern to collect the runoff. Hannah went all the way to that doorpost and it says she began to says that she began to I need some help. We get the answer when we draw from the source. We get the promise. We get the word of prophecy when we draw from the source. First Samuel chapter 1. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord. Because Hannah sought the source. Her son Samuel also sought the source. Samuel is one of the mightiest servants in all of scripture. He was a judge. He was a prophet. He was a high priest. He hit the trifecta like nobody else. You can't name another person who was all three of those things. He was a judge. He was a prophet. He was a high priest. You can name one other person. Jesus. He is our judge. He is our prophet. And he is our high priest. But nobody else ever anywhere at all hit that trifecta. Not only did Samuel seek the source. Samuel became a source for God. God's word flowed through guess who? Samuel. Miracles flowed through... Guess who? Samuel. Direction and wisdom flowed through who? Samuel. Samuel did not just soak up the water. He did not just come, collect a little bit of it, and enjoy it every once in a while. No, the living water of God flowed through him. I want to tell you today to be a source. As Sarah comes, I'm going to tell you to be a source, not a system. Not a cistern. Be a source. Not a cistern. Say it. Be a source. Not a cistern. I know it's Mother's Day. Y'all want to just call this a day? Or do y'all want to go after the source today? I'm telling you, I've preached my guts out to you today. I wouldn't do it if I didn't believe that the source was here. If I thought it was just another day where we could pat ourselves on the back and make a couple of mothers feel good, well, I would have preached that other sermon. But I'm telling you today, the source is here. Will you seek him? Or will you just be a broken sister? I want to tell you that you can be a source. You can do more than just quote the last sermon you heard. You can actually let the living water flow out of you. Anybody ever have the living word of God flow out of them? Have you ever quoted a scripture you didn't even know you knew that word? Anybody? You ever have the word of God come out of you and you said, I don't even know where that came from. Where did that come from? It came from the source, baby. Do more than just attend a church. Be the church. Be the source. That you carry that life source wherever you go. And people can get a drink of that living water that's inside of you. What is so shocking is that God, the source of living water, wants his source 
to even flow through you and me. I would actually say that was probably a bad business model. Because I'm not all the way up to that all the time. But I'm telling you that sure enough is God's plan. That sure enough is God's purpose. That his living water would reside in you and flow out of you. We're called to be a source, not a cistern. And nobody says it better than who? Jesus. John chapter 7, verse 38, verse 39. He says this with a loud voice. He shouts it. He says, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, buckets of water, cups of water, cisterns of water. What does it say? It says rivers. Other versions say fountains. Other versions say springs. He says, whosoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit. Do you understand that the Holy Spirit inside of you is the source? It is a river of water. It is not a cistern. It is not a pond. It is not a limited amount of water. It is a river that is alive. And it will never, ever, ever run dry. Speaking of that same living water that is God that Jeremiah talked about. Jesus says that it should flow from within every believer. Believer, is it flowing from within you? Is that Holy Spirit in you? Come on, can we get real today? Is that Spirit flowing from within you? Don't you think if that Spirit is in you, if that living water is in you, you ought to notice it. You ought to notice a river of life flowing inside of you. When we're talking about the fountain of living water, I want to tell you we are not talking about a location. We are not talking about a tradition. We are not talking about a denomination. We are not talking about a building. We are not talking about some piece of knowledge. We are not talking about the name of a preacher. We are not talking about anything like that. We are talking about God's spirit living in you. Clap your hands for the spirit of God living in you. He is the source. I tell you. When you overflow a cistern, it just flows all the way. It flows out of it, right? Got that? You overflow a cup of water, it starts flowing out. I'm telling you, when the river of life is in you, it flows out of you. He is the source. And when he is in you, the source then pours out of you. Is it pouring out? Of you, Is it pouring out of you? I'm telling you, if it's not pouring out from you today, you need to come to this altar. You need to seek the source. Mom and dad, may the power of Jesus, the source, flow from you. Young people, may the living water, may it flow from you. Redemption Church, don't just invite people to a church service or a connect group. Take them some living water. Let them. Let the water 
let the source flow from you. One more time, we look at it. Jeremiah 1, 12 through 13. I want you to read this out loud. Will you read this out loud? Come on, let's get it up on the screen. The Lord, come on, say it. The Lord said to me, be appalled at this, you heavens. And shudder with great horror. Let's take it again. Let's take it from the top. Let's read it together, guys. Be appalled at this, you heavens, and shudder with great horror, declares the Lord. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. I got to ask you, have you forsaken the fountain? Have you tried to build your own cistern? Is there a Hannah here today who will go absolutely as far as they can go in God today? These altars are open right now. Come on. For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.